There are some things in life that I like to pick out myself. So I know I've got the one that's best for me, like my mattress, my shoes, and even my wine. Some things are worth deciding just yourself. What if you could do the same thing for hiring? That's where ZipRecruiter's Invite to Apply comes in. It lets you pick out your favorites from the best candidates. How does it work? ZipRecruiter sends you qualified candidates and you can easily invite your top choices to apply for the job. In fact, people rave about ZipRecruiter's Invite to Apply feature because it has a much higher follow-through rate. See for yourself. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash YAP to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash YAP. You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. Welcome to the second and final episode of our two-part series featuring Marissa Peer. Marissa is a therapist, best-selling author, and keynote speaker. Her mission is to spread the message that there are simple, rapid, and effective techniques everyone can use to change your life. She is the best-selling author of five books and the starter of the iconic I Am Enough movement. In part one, Marissa talked about how she often felt emotionally neglected when she was a child and how her upbringing led her to the statement of I am not enough. As she got older, Marissa realized that she could change her mindset by talking differently to herself. After all, the most important words out there are your own words. If you missed our conversation in part one, make sure you go back and give that a listen before you continue on to part two. Now, in this part of the series, we'll touch on the difference between arrogance and confidence and how to celebrate your strengths with others. Marissa teaches us how to take on a new perspective to our problems using her three Ps, which will help us alleviate unnecessary self-doubt. Then we'll learn about the birth of Marissa's radical I Am Enough movement and how once we change our thoughts, we can change our life. If you want to join us on our journey to self-belief, keep on listening. I think what you're saying is brilliant. And I want to, you know, of course, I studied for this interview. And as I was listening to some of your rules and guidance when it comes to speaking to yourself, there were some rules that I kind of wrote down. So being super repetitive, making sure you're in the present tense, using really exciting and descriptive words when it comes to our statements of truth. So could you talk to us about the right way and the wrong way that we should do this? Because I want to make sure that people have the knowledge to actually implement this in their lives. I think I created like 22, 26 rules of your mind. You can find them on YouTube because you see, we're all told this lie. The mind is so complicated. It's incredibly complex. It takes a lifetime to understand your mind. No, it doesn't. 
The mind isn't complex. It's actually incredibly simple. It does what it thinks you want it to do. So when you understand the rules of your mind, you can put them into practice. And here's a rule that we should all remember. Every word you speak is a blueprint that your mind, body, and psyche work to make real. So how do you understand the mind? Very simply, the mind only works in the present tense. It's like a kid going, who doesn't understand what tomorrow is. You can't say to the mind, next year I'll be a millionaire. Next year I'll have a beach body. Next year I'll find love. Because the mind doesn't know what next year is. So you have to make your statements today. I'm becoming super lovable right now. I'm becoming wealthy right now. I'm becoming successful. I am successful. So it must be in the present tense. That's really important. And secondly, your, your words must make a clear picture. I'm okay. I'm not bad. Life is good. That's not dynamic. I am magnetically lovable. I go out in the world and I have this magnetic lovability. I attract people that love me and I love them. So the words must be really, really exciting and very descriptive. It, it's not enough to go, I'm okay. I'm not bad. And it's definitely not good to go, I'm not fat. I'm not insecure. I'm not nervous because the mind only picks up words that make a picture. I don't eat cake. I don't want cake. I'm not interested in cake is making you think about cake. I'm not nervous in front of clients. I'm not scared of selling. I'm not anxious about presenting. You're picking up the words nervous and anxious. So you have to flip that around and go, I am a phenomenal seller. I give amazing presentations. When I speak at work, Everyone understands what I'm saying. They like me. They listen to me. I ask questions. I answer them. My boss loves me. They're noticing the power of me. So present tense, really exciting words, descriptive words. Your words must be relevant, up-to-date, and descriptive and put words in words. I'm freaking awesome. I'm powerfully good at speaking. I'm amazingly, magnetically lovable. Make it exciting, dramatic, dynamic in the present tense. And the reason I emphasize that, I see so many people who go, yeah, I, I, I now tell them, I'm, I'm not scared. I, I'm not scared of speaking. I, I'm no longer going red and blushing and, and stuttering over words. You have to do the opposite. I speak clearly. I pronounce words easily. I breathe correctly. My energy level is phenomenal. And, you know, it's not hard to dialogue with your mind when you understand the rules. It must be in the present tense. It must make a picture. It must excite and turn on your mind. And once you get that, it becomes easy. And it must be repetitive. The mind learns by repetition. And make what is unfamiliar familiar. So if it's unfamiliar to believe in yourself, make it familiar. Because here's a rule of the mind. The mind loves what is familiar and would like to run back to what's familiar and run away from what is unfamiliar. That's a fact. But here's another fact. You can make anything you like familiar. And if you make believing in yourself and growing your self-esteem familiar, then you're making not believing in yourself unfamiliar. 
And it doesn't take long at all to make self-belief familiar. Just praise yourself. There is nothing, nothing on the planet that will grow your self-esteem like self-praise. Praise actually grows your self-esteem in any way. But if I say to someone, oh, you're so great, I love you, you're amazing, I may have an agenda, I may want something from them. But when I say it to myself, there's no agenda except growing self-esteem. And self-esteem means after what I think of me. If I say I hold you in the highest esteem, it's what I think of you. But self-esteem is what you think of you. And you can grow that. It's not arrogance. It's not being big-headed. It's that kind of quiet assurance that radiates. And that makes other people think, oh, I, I feel great in your company. There's just something about you. So like yourself, like other people, grow your self-esteem. It will make you so much happier. And it will make you a healthier, better person too. Something that you just said sparked my interest. And that's when somebody gives you a compliment. What's the right way and the wrong way to treat a compliment so that we can expand our minds instead of contract it? I'm so glad you asked that because here's the thing. We want to expand. We want to expand out. You know, the mind, you have an incredible potential and you have no idea what your potential is because your potential expands. And as you meet it, it expands more and more and more. When your mind expands to a new dimension, it never goes back. So imagine someone says, oh, I, I love that talk you gave. And you went, oh, it's terrible. Didn't you notice? I said the word wrong. I stumbled. I, I went over time. I got bright red. Now you're diminishing it. If someone gave you a gift, you would accept it. So when someone praises you, say thank you. Someone says to me, hey, I love your book. I say, thank you so much. I wrote it for that reason. I don't go, oh, actually, you know, it really wasn't very good. And it's had some terrible reviews. And it's not actually doing that well. Do not diminish praise. When someone praises you, say, thank you. And even better, once you got used to saying thank you, add to it, hey, I love your jacket. I go, oh, I've had it for 10 years, got it in Target, it's got a hole in it. I say, thanks, I love it too. It's my favorite, it's my favorite color. So the first thing is do not reject praise. When I'm in, I go to Spain a lot and I notice when the waiter comes up and I say, thank you, they go, Nanada, don't mention it. I go, no, mention it. When someone says thank you, accept it. So the first thing is accept it. The second thing is add to it. Go, I'm so glad. One of, one of my clients was a movie director. So I love your movies. It was terrible. I said, well, you've got great reviews. No, no, it was all, we got one an Oscar. There were no good nominations. Said, but your second review was, oh, even worse nominations. That year. I said, oh, you're somebody who can't let him praise. I want you to say when I go, I love your movie. Thank you so much. I loved making that movie. This was somebody who was suicidal, who could not let him praise. And although it sounds almost too good to be true, making him say, thank you. I love making movies. It gives me pleasure, gives other people pleasure is important. The second thing is if someone comes up and goes, hey, I loved your talk. Don't go, yeah, I loved yours too. Because now you're giving it back. Say, thank you so much. Let it in. And maybe after five or 10 minutes, go, by the way, I also happen to love your talk. If someone says, I love your shoes, they go, I love yours. That sounds normal, but no, because you're giving it back. You want to expand and not contract. When you're expanding and someone says, I love your business, I love the products you make, 
I love something. I love your hair. Don't go, oh, no, my hair, I haven't washed it for a week because now you're contracting. And also when you go, yeah, I love your hair, you're also contracting, expand. When someone says, I hear you're an amazing seller and you go, well, not really. It was just a fluke. There's a much better seller in our company, but he was sick that week. You're contracting, expand into greatness by seeing praise as a gift. You wouldn't go, oh, I don't want that gift. Let me give it back. Thank you so much is the first step. And then add to it, yeah, I love selling. I, I'm, yeah, apparently I'm really good at it because I really like it. And don't say, but, but you're also good at selling. That's how you expand and not contract. We all want to keep expanding and praise yourself, but also praise other people. You know, when I'm in a store, I love saying to the checkout person, oh, I love your voice, or your nails are really nice, or you smell lovely, or thank you so much. I, I love going around the world praising people, saying you did a great job, or oh, your, your kid is so lovely, a great parent, because it, it builds people up. But there's no point in doing that if you're not also doing it to yourself. So praise will boost your self-esteem and criticism will wither it. So let in praise, praise yourself and don't let in criticism. I love that. Would you say that there's any chance that somebody can be overconfident? Because there's a whole movement now where people want to be humble and I'm somebody who's very confident. I've been studying law of attraction for a long time. And so I feel no problem to praise myself and accept compliments. But then sometimes I think people take it as arrogance. So how do we make sure that we don't come across as arrogant? And can we be overconfident? Well, you see, arrogance is trying to convince someone else. I'm amazing me. I'm better than you. I'm smart. I've got a better education than you. I got more than you. You see, if this was a little seesaw, this is where we start off. But an arrogant person believes that actually this is you. This is then the arrogant person sees life like that. And they have to diminish you and elevate themselves for that to happen. But they really want that to happen. So an arrogant person is not confident. Confident people don't brag. They don't go, hey, I've got more money than you. My job's better than yours. My car is better than yours. A confident person isn't a bragger. They're not a show-off. They, they often, they just have that confidence themselves. So I'm okay at this. And so arrogance is just the other end of the scale of insecurity. I'm insecure and I need you to make me feel better I'm insecure, so I'm going to brag and show off and convince you that I'm amazing because I don't really think I am. But right in the middle of the arrogant insecure is what I call honoring yourself. Telling yourself things, but you don't walk around going, I'm great, me, I'm amazing. You just at home or in your head say, I'm okay. I'm doing a great job. I've got something to offer the world. I loved it when Snoop Dogg said, I'm going to pray, con congratulate myself here. I have worked really hard. So while I'm thanking everyone, why don't I thank myself? And I thought that that wasn't arrogance. And I've seen many other people when we were giving certificates at, at my last RTT training in London. I've got one coming up in Berlin 
very soon. But when people were coming up to get their certificate as an RTT, they were going, oh, thank the teachers, the students, we won't go. So I want to thank myself because I have worked so hard. I've saved up. I've worked hard. I've given this everything I've got, and I've got these qualifications, and I'm going to thank myself. And I loved that. That wasn't arrogant. She did it in such a lovely way. So you can't be overconfident. That's that fake it till you make it because real confidence isn't fake. It's saying, oh, you're having a problem with your computer. I'm really good at computers. I can fix it. Oh, uh, you've got a headache. I'm really good at massaging pressure points and I could help you. Oh, you're having problems. Let me help you. This is my gift. I'm good at this, but no one's good at everything. So confidence is not showing off. It's that quiet self-assurance. You know, many years ago, my previous partner had cancer and he went to see his own oncologist and he came back and he said, well, he's going to do his best. And I knew that those very words were not. I said, let me take you to the best uh, prostate cancer doctors. I don't want to see him. I said, no, he's just going to see him. And he said, I happen to be the best prostate cancer doctor in Europe. And, um, I'm going to make you better. You're going to live. He said, Oh, the other guy said he was going to try. I said, no, 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 we don't try. We do under my hand. This is a walk in the park. We'll remove it. You're going to be great. Your life will be normal. You're going to live until you're 92. Was that arrogance? He said it in such a nice way. If you go to a school and they go, well, our gift is to take your kid and to give you back in a couple of years a really rounded person, smart, confident, outgoing, happy. Oh, yeah, that's so arrogant. I think I'll find a different teacher who says, well... We do the best we can, but, you know, there's no guarantees. Who wants to go to a doctor who says, well, I do the best, but, you know, who knows? It's, it's a lottery here dealing with your illness. When people say, I have got an ability to heal you, help you sort this out. You know, if I said to somebody, my washing machine's leaking, can you fix it? I'm like, oh, yes, uh, we're the best washing machine fixers in LA and we can be there in an hour. I don't want someone who goes, well, I try, but who knows? So confidence is that reassurance in who you are and what you have to offer, but also recognizing that other people are also good at things. There's many things I can't do. I love giving jobs. I have a girl who works with me called Rosie, who is the most amazing writer, much better than me. And I give her all our writing jobs because she's that's her gift. She's extraordinary. So a confident person doesn't go, I'm good at everything. They go, no, actually, that's not my gift. I'm not really good at it. Even Nigella Lawson, who is amazing, an amazing cook, said, not really good at playing with children. I like cooking, but never being good at that. When people say I'm good at everything, that's arrogance. When they say my gift is X and someone else's gift is Y, like my husband is amazing at marketing. I'm not interested in him. He's amazing at cooking. And he loves go. He loves wandering around shops looking at food and different spices. I, I'm not interested in that at all. But I love that. That's his gift. It's certainly not mine. But you're only supposed to have one. So confident people do have a degree of humility as well, and they also celebrate other people's wins. You know, natural leaders. They don't. They celebrate everyone else's wins. They make people feel part of a team. And so if someone is arrogant, I can promise you that is not a confident person at all.
What's up, Yap Bam? Being an entrepreneur and working remotely definitely has its perks. And I know a lot of you listening in are in the same boat as me. But do you really take advantage of being able to work from anywhere? I know I typically don't, but thankfully this past holiday, I finally decided to make use of my work flexibility for the first time ever. My boyfriend and I decided to pack up and leave to the West Coast to spend an entire month working from home in the sun. We got a super cute bungalow in Venice Beach with a fenced backyard. The change in scenery, the fresh air, and the slower pace to help me to inspire some really cool new ideas for my business. And honestly, I'm feeling really refreshed and ready to rock in 2024. And who helped me make these remote work dreams come true? It was Airbnb. And Airbnb has come in clutch for me time and time again. Whether it's finding the perfect Airbnb home for our three-day annual executive team get-together or booking a vacation where my extended family can fit all in one place, Airbnb always makes it a great experience. And you know me, I'm always thinking of my latest business venture and I've been begging my boyfriend to start hosting our place on Airbnb. And finally, we're gonna start. So many of my successful friends host on Airbnb and it's such an amazing way to generate passive income. So to start, we have a plan to start spending more time in Miami and we'll be hosting our place to earn some extra money when we're back on the East Coast. 2024 goals and I'll keep you updated. A lot of people don't realize that they might have an Airbnb right under their own noses. I was pretty surprised myself. You can Airbnb your place or spare room even if you're out of town for just a few days or weeks. You could do what I did and work remotely somewhere else and Airbnb your place to fund your trip. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host to find out how much your home is worth. This episode of Yap is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. According to Forbes, gyms, mom and pop stores, and more are set to go on an epic hiring spree to meet the pent up demand for all these services. I don't know about you, but I'm so bored of my home workouts. I'm really excited to get back to my gym classes and feel the energy of a group workout again. I miss it so much. That old saying, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. It's so true. I'm so ready to get back to the spa, comedy shows, concerts, the movies. I feel like a social butterfly that's finally got her wings back. But all these businesses reopening means that millions of jobs are going to need to be filled. So where do these businesses turn to fill all these roles fast? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively presents them to you. You can easily review recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply, which encourages them to apply faster. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash YAP. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Y-A-P. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This episode of YAP is brought to you by Gusto. If you're a small business owner, you got to listen up. Running a business is super hard. We all know that. There's endless to-do lists, employees to take care of, and your ever-present bottom line. So first of all, give yourself a pat on the back for staying on top of it all. 
Gusto wasn't just built for small businesses. It was built for the people behind them. Their online payroll is so easy to use. They can automatically calculate paychecks and file all your payroll taxes, which means you have more time to run your business. Plus, Gusto does way more than just payroll. They can help with time tracking, health insurance, 401ks, onboarding, commuter benefits, offer letters, access to HR experts. You get the idea. It's super easy to set up and get started. And if you're moving from another provider, they can help transfer all your data for you. At Yap Media, we're gearing up to start our HR benefits on Gusto and transition payroll on there as well. And this was the plan even before they sponsored the podcast. After I did my due diligence and research, I chose Gusto because they provide payroll benefits, onboarding, and HR in one place for an affordable price for a budget that suits my growing startup. It's no surprise that 94% of customers are likely to recommend Gusto and that they've been trusted by over 100,000 businesses just like yours. Gusto really cares about small business owners. They have a support team that's super attentive and helpful. And since money can be tight right now, you can even get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash yap and start setting up your business today. You'll see what I mean when I say it's really easy. Again, that's three months of free payroll at gusto.com slash yap. So I wanted to get into a quick fire segment. I know that you have some dangerous habits that you talk about, which could lead us to lose our success. So I was thinking I could rattle off a dangerous habit and then you could give us some advice to counteract that dangerous habit. So dangerous habit, number one, waiting for perfection. Yeah. You see, waiting perfection is you've entered a race. Here's the race. Here's the finishing line. And as you run towards it, it moves and it moves and it moves. And when you enter a race to be perfect, you can never even complete it. There is no perfect. Nature doesn't allow that. Stop trying to be perfect. You can certainly perfect your craft, but I could say as a speaker, I'm always learning. As a writer, I'm always learning. We are in that. It's like that can I constant and never ending improvement but don't try to be perfect. People who try to be perfect are the unhappiest, but they're also the loneliest because guess what? We don't like perfect people. They, they seem to shine so bright that we feel somewhat inadequate in their light. So please don't try to be perfect. Just be you. There's no prize for being perfect. It's, it's a lonely world when you're perfect because we're all flawed. We're all imperfect. And actually our imperfections make us very, very enduring. We go, you know, I love the fact that I love it that my partner's got a little tummy because I can have one too. I love the fact that my mum isn't perfect. I don't have to be perfect. I love the fact that my father left my mother because when I wanted to leave college, I could go back and go, hey, dad, you know, I know you want me to stay, but you know how you had to leave my mum no matter what? That's how I feel about leaving college. I have to leave. And I was so glad I had a flawed parent because it allowed me to be flawed myself. So rather than try to be perfect, celebrate your flaws. It makes you human. And that's a wonderful thing. Love that. Okay. Dangerous habit number two, doubting yourself. It's okay to doubt yourself. Let's imagine you're going to be a speaker and you go, well, you know, I need to learn. So I need to learn. When I was first given a TED talk, I was the opener for TED and they said, you must finish in 18 minutes. This was 15. You must be finished in 18. So I had to 
practice that. I've got to get really used to this speech. So it starts and ends in 18 minutes. And I, I hadn't done that before. And it was very good for me to time it and get it just right. So if a little bit of self-doubt makes you think, hey, I'm going to go for this job, but I, I need to learn more. That's okay. But the negative is I'm going to give a presentation. I know I'm going to mess it up. I know I'm going to go bright red. I'm going to open my mouth and go, uh, uh, and sound like an idiot. Don't do that. Say things like, I've got this. I can do it. This is amazing. Many years ago, I just literally had a baby a week before, and I was going to do this television show, and I'd recorded everything I needed to say on a cassette tape. That's how long ago it was. And I got in the car, and I pressed rewind, and I drove there, and I suddenly thought, oh, my God, I forgot to play it. I was listening to the radio. I thought, well, you know what? That's a sign I don't need it. If I didn't play it back, I guess I don't need it. It's going to be just great. So when you say, well, this is going to be great, I may not be prepared, but it's okay. I can do this. I've got this. This has got my name all over it. I want it. I love it. I've chosen it, and I've chosen to feel great about it. I find the magic words are, I want this. I want it. I've chosen it. I love it, love it, love it. That will smash out self-doubt for you, and that's a wonderful thing. I love that. Okay. Dangerous bad habit number three, procrastinating and self-sabotaging. Well, you see, you know, I see people all the time. I've been a therapist for 30 years. I created RTT. We've trained 10,000 therapists all over the world. And you'd be amazed when we come in with self-doubt and self-sabotage. And that is nothing more than the fear of rejection. Innermost, most profound fear is rejection. If you reject me, I'll die. And actually, it wasn't that long ago that that was true. We had to live in a tribe. So if you are a self-saboteur, if you procrastinate, say, I'm doing this because I'm scared of rejection. If I don't do the work, if I don't write that presentation, if I don't work on my website all weekend and put it off, and then it never gets built, then when my business does, I go, well, you know what? It's because I never built that website. If I sabotage myself, it's to stop myself feeling that I'm not enough. And all of those habits stem from the real fear of rejection. But here's the truth. The only person who can reject you is you. So you could go, okay, I'm writing a book. It might fail. I don't know. But I'm giving it everything I've got. And if it doesn't get picked up, well, at least I wrote it. I did everything. That's better than saying I could have written a book. I should have done, but I never did, or I started, never finished. So procrastination and self-sabotage are really nothing more than a fear of being rejected. The only person who has the real power to reject you is you. I've had manuscripts sent back many times. And so did J.K. Rowling, but you just pick it up and send it back again until someone accepts it. And if they never do, you go, well, I tried that. wasn't meant to be. And then I moved on to something else. So you can stop sabotage by the way you talk to yourself. You can stop procrastination almost immediately by going, I want this. I've chosen to give it my all. That's what I've chosen. Because when you say that, your mind goes, oh, right, you do have a choice. And you're choosing to give it all. But when you go, oh, I'm dreading it. It's so boring writing. I hate spending all my weekends putting together my business. Your mind goes, you know what? I, I think there's a sock drawer that needs really sorting out here. Because you're telling your mind, I don't want to do this. And when you go, I want it. 
I want it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Even when it's not true, it becomes true. So that is the magic word for saboteurs. I want it. I love it. I've chosen. I've chosen to feel great about it. And I'm on it right now. I think that's great. This one is really important, especially in the day of social media. So dangerous habit number four, comparing ourselves to others. You know, we we have this whole thing, which I find so sad. We decide we are something to do with the numbers, the weight on the scales, the, the number in my clothes, the number in my bank account, the number on my birth certificate, the number on so how many followers have I got, how many likes have I got. And we're now judging ourselves by numbers. You are not a number. You are not your years, your weight, your shape, your size. You are not your followers. Do not allow yourself to believe that that matters. What matters is that are the people in your life who love you. Our happiest moments are always our interactions with others. And interactions on social media are very nice, but they're not real. I mean, I, I can say that having people who are so lovely to me on social media and say, oh, I love you. Somebody said to me once, you know, you're the only person in my whole world that says something nice to me every day. And I love that. But that was a shame that that person didn't have somebody in the flesh who did that, but maybe by hearing me say it, she could believe she was worthy and go out and find real flesh and bone people to do that too. So don't allow yourself to believe that you are the number of your followers, that that is real. The social media world is not real. It's quite fake. You may have a thousand followers. When you have the flu, are they turning up with chicken soup? and some orange juice? I don't think so. So don't be deluded. It's great to have it. I've got lots of followers. They're lovely. I love having them. They make me feel great about myself. But I also understand that if I have a bad day, it's my husband, my daughter, my sister, my wonderful friends are turning up to say, let's say when I was sick, you know, it was my friends who turned up in hospital to boost me up and we we got to really realize that it's real people that you can hug and hold hands with. And I sometimes take on parents who say, you know, yeah, I read my daughter a story every night on Zoom. I'm like, no, you need to be there. It's okay if you're traveling, but every night, I mean, that's not quality time. You, you can't, if someone said, hey, we'll have a date on Zoom, you go, well, that's not the same. I don't want to date on Zoom. And if you wouldn't date on Zoom, don't believe you can parent on Zoom. It, it's in addition to, it's not instead of. And social media friends should be in addition to, never instead of real friends. And social media dating that's just to get you to the part where you meet. If you never meet, that's not dating at all. 100%. Okay, let's do one more for dangerous habits, overwhelming ourselves. Yeah, I would say, to you, look, you are a human being, not a human being. And you know, I have pets and they sleep a lot. They have a bit of activity. They spend ages doing absolutely nothing, lying in the sun, having a wonderful life. I've spent a lot of time with tribes who do the same. They hunt. They, they cook, they hunt and gather, but they spend a lot of time sitting around the fire too and just being. And you're supposed to be and not do. And I think we've got this whole thing about I'm busy, I'm so busy, that makes me important. I'm busy, busy, busy. You're actually like a battery and a battery must be recharged. And I, I think we should all go, hey, you know, I'm lying on the sofa now 
and I'm recharging like a battery. I've been to work, I've given a lot, and I'm going to come home and do nothing. And there's no guilt because I'm recharging. Like if I just kept charging my phone for five minutes here and there, it would keep dying. I use that phone and then overnight I give it a rest, give myself a rest and I recharge it and I recharge myself. So when you're feeling overwhelmed because you've taken on too much, don't feel guilty about doing nothing. Don't believe that you must be busy but if you don't have any choice but have on too much because you're a parent with a career and maybe you're learning something new as well, decide it's okay. I've got this. This too will pass. I can write a book, raise a family, go to college, even work out. It's a lot. But I'm just doing this for now. This is not my life. It's just my life for this next year. So when you are in overwhelm, you can say, this is how I am today. This is not my life. This is just my week or even my weekend or maybe this day. Overwhelm is okay if you get it into perspective and decide, I can do this for now, but it's not forever. I can go to college and I am going to be studying for three years and it's a lot, but that this too will pass. So overwhelm really gets you on what I call PPP, personal, pervasive, and permanent. And that really means that you think, oh, it's me, I can't cope. It's here all the time and it's always going to be here all the time. If it's not permanent or pervasive means going all the time, if it's not permanent, it's not, you can deal with overwhelm. So see it as temporary and do everything you can to lessen it. And don't be perfect. Hey, I could make a perfect dinner, but I can also just make this dinner. I could try to make my presentation perfect. I could go, you know, it's good enough right now. Overwhelm is this needing to be perfect. You're not supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to be a flawed human having flawed relationships with flawed humans. It's the best you can ever be. It's great. So overwhelm comes from this drive to be perfect. And that drive is a lane that will take you to unhappiness, sadness, and loneliness. So get out of that lane and get into the flawed lane. There's great company there and you'll be much, much happier. I'm really glad you brought up those three Ps because I was hoping that you were going to cover it. And I'd love for you to just repeat that because I want my listeners to really understand that that any problem is not really a problem if it doesn't fit in one of these three Ps and it will help them reframe and kind of live a happier life. So if you could just stress that a bit. So let's imagine you've got a really horrible boss or a very difficult client or indeed a very difficult teenager and we go, this is ruining my life it's killing me for it to get you it has to have three p's it has to be personal but it's not personal you all teenagers tell their mothers they're awful your boss is horrible to everyone it's not personal is it all pervasive not really when you're at home having wonderful sex or having a nice dinner is your boss in your house making you feel bad no is it permanent no one day your boss will retire you'll leave your difficult kid will leave and you'll wish they were back in your house so it if something isn't permanent isn't all pervasive meaning it's going on all the time 24 hours a day and it isn't personal then it will hurt you less 
So it's just a good way of looking at whatever's going on in your life. I've got all this work, it's killing me. Well, that's not permanent. You'll get through that work. And then you can say, I'm not ever going to take on that work. I'm going to learn to say no. So that's not permanent. It's not personal because the work isn't personal and it's not all pervasive. You still get to sleep. And people say to me, no, I, I eat all day. I'm, I'm out of control. I, say, I eat nonstop. I say, really? Even when you're in the toilet? Well, no, not when I'm in the toilet. Do you sleep? Do you eat when you're sleeping? No, I don't eat when I'm sleeping. So you're not really an out of control train wreck eating 24 hours a day like you just said. No, but you know, my legs are the size of a house, really, because you're in my house and you wouldn't have got through the door if your legs were the size of a house. So I just get people to really pay attention to their language and to stop putting themselves down. Big yourself up, be nice to yourself and realize that most of our problems are not permanent not personal, and guess what else? There's someone else's fantasy dream. There's someone on the door. I'd love your problem. I'd give anything to have a husband with bad breath, a kid that left pants on the floor. I, I would love a baby that kept me up on I'd love to have that chance of giving a TED talk. I'd love to be in the, the traffic on the freeway going to a job that pays the bills. So the PPPs are good, but also to realize that your problem is someone else's fantasy dream come true. And also, what would you have given for your problem 10 years ago? 10 years ago, you'd love to have had a kid that kept you up, a partner that challenged you, a job that stretched you. It's something that's actually good because it means you're growing and as a person. And that's always a good thing too. Young and profiters, it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. With inspiration at our fingertips and powerful tools at our disposal, the possibilities are endless. And when it comes to tools that can truly make your business grow, there's one name that always stands out, Shopify. <laughs> Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the real store with the door stage. And even the, did we just hit a million orders stage? And if you're in that, I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify magic is your AI super powered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts from blog posts to product descriptions. Not to mention Shopify also is the home of the best converting checkouts in the game, 36% better than other leading commerce platforms. Shopify turns browsers into buyers. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And you can sell whatever, whenever with Shopify. Push pleated pants with Shopify's in-person POS system or monetize mindful meditation. I sell my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass through Shopify. And they've made my life a breeze. It took a couple days to set up my store and I just get to focus on what I do best, creating great content and marketing my product. So don't stress if you're new to this commerce thing. Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. And remember, whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting and that's all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash profiting to start growing your business today. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. I want to talk to all you employers out there and let's talk about company culture. At Yap Media, we have a super unique company culture. We are all obsessed with excellence and we even call ourselves this really cute name, Scrappy Hustlers. We're all Scrappy Hustlers at Yap Media. And my team is growing fast. 
And hiring is a pain in the butt, especially if you're looking for A players that are going to roll up their sleeves. But luckily, when it comes to hiring, I no longer feel overwhelmed by the search for the perfect candidate because I use Indeed, the ultimate hiring platform. Indeed's matching engine always presents me with a pool of high quality candidates that match my job description to a T. If you're tired of drowning in your hiring pool, Indeed is here to rescue you. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging your candidates, making the entire hiring process a breeze. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I've hired some of my best employees at Indeed, some of my best scrappy hustlers. With over 140 million qualifications and preferences analyzed every day, Indeed is constantly learning from your hiring preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets at actually hiring your perfect match. Join the ranks of more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that have already chosen Indeed to hire great talent. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash profiting. Just go to indeed.com slash profiting right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash profiting. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and profiters, I've got a fun fact for you. Did you know that by 2030, over 85% of the jobs that will exist haven't even been invented yet? And that's why we need to acquire new skills and stay relevant and adaptable. By embracing lifelong learning, we can future-proof our careers and our businesses. That's why you've got to check out Economist Education. Economist Education provides online executive education courses tailor-made for professionals just like us, crafted by The Economist's own editors and special experts. Economist Education courses are designed to sharpen your professional skills in key areas like data storytelling, critical thinking, sustainability, and so much more. I highly recommend checking out the Economist Education course, Business Writing and Storytelling. It's packed with valuable practical advice on how to inform and persuade through writing reports, social media, presentations, and beyond. The best part, these courses are online, flexible, and self-paced, lasting anywhere from two to six weeks. You're guided by expert tutors. You'll dive into a mix of videos, podcasts, text, quizzes, and weekly assignments. Plus, you'll get a three-month digital subscription to The Economist to support your learning journey. Economist Education provides access to online forums where you can network with peers around the globe. In a world where knowledge is power, Economist Education empowers you to lead the way. Economist Education is an incredible way to stay ahead in business. And I've got a special offer to get you started. Get 15% off any course only available by going to my special URL, education.economist.com profiting, and then enter the promo code profiting at registration. This offer ends on March 31st, so don't wait. For 15% off, go now to education.economist.com slash profiting and use code profiting. Again, this ends on March 31st. If you want 15% off, you've got to go to education.economist.com slash profiting and use promo code profiting at registration. Thank you for digging deep around that. Okay, as we close out, I heard you say many times that we should tell ourselves that we are enough and you're very famous for a movement, I am enough. So talk to us, why is that phrase so important and why is that so much of the crux of the things that you teach? Well, the common denominator of all of our issues, I mean, I I can say, having been a therapist for so many years, all my adult life, the common denominator of all our issues is I'm not enough. You know, I've worked with thousands and thousands of addicts, drug addicts, alcoholics, 
people are addicted to food or self-harm. I've never met one who ever believed they were enough. You see, when you think you're not enough, you need more. If I'm not enough, I need more cake, more alcohol, more drugs, more shopping. I need, I'm very needy. I need you to praise me because I'm not enough. But if I just take the knot and go, I am enough, then I don't need something else to fill me up. And so the not enoughness is an epidemic that's got worse and worse because we, we feel we're judged by, again, what we look like, how many followers we've got, are we doing something worthy? And the not enoughness, society's really done a number on us. It's made women feel they've got to be supermodels, mums feel they've got to be perfect, men feel they've got to be earning a lot with a six-pack. And I think the media, magazines, and you know, it's like when I used to watch Friends, who knows a waitress that lives in Central Park? I mean, that was a great show, but that's just great. Waitresses don't live in Central Park. I mean, with this is just not real. But we look at someone with a baby, just like a baby who's perfect. We look at people like the Kardashians and think, oh, my God, but that's not real. And so when you compare yourself, you feel not enough. And the transition from I'm not enough to I'm enough is amazing because here's the thing. Imagine you start your day with I'm not enough. That's a thought. But that thought makes you feel inadequate, makes you feel sad, might make you feel angry. So you have a thought, you have a feeling, and then you have an action. The action you have from I'm not enough is often no action. I'm not going to take a risk. I'm not going to ask for that pay rise or ask that person out. So your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions and your behaviors, and you justify them again. Well, of course I didn't take a risk because I'm not enough. Take away the not, I am enough. Now you think, well, I'm enough. Well, that's the whole world of different feelings. I feel able to take risks. I feel good about myself. I feel worthy. I can ask someone out or ask for a pay rise. And now my behaviors change and my actions change. And I justify that because I'm enough. So Thoughts create feelings, create behaviors, create actions, and they're justified by going back to the thought. Change the thought. It changes your entire life. And that's why I created the I'm Enough movement. And it's an amazing movement because people say all over the world, you know, I just began to say that. And I was stunned by how it changed my life. I'd been depressed for years or anxious or I started to say it. And in no time at all, I met someone. I'm now married. I, I managed to have a baby. I got a pay rise. I got the job of my dreams. It's a game changer knowing you're enough. And if you want help, join the I'm Enough movement. Go to I'mEnough.com. We give away all these bracelets that say I'm enough. I have it on cushions, on fridges. I have it everywhere because it's not a word. It's a statement I let in. So tell yourself you're enough. Go to I'mEnough.com. I promise you, I guarantee it will actually change your life. I love that. And the last question I ask all my guests on Young and Profiting is, what is your secret to profiting in life? Well, I've got a new book coming out in October, and it's called Tell Yourself a Better Lie. And I guess that's one of my secrets. I realize that all my clients tell themselves lies. My job is killing me. This commute is killing me. My bum is the size of Los Angeles. 
um, I'm falling apart here. This is a lie. If you are prepared to lie to yourself, tell yourself a better lie. I'm smart. I'm amazing. I'm lovable. I matter. I've got something. I'm a good person. I'm significant. So I think, it, and you know, we all lie to ourselves. Oh, my life is a mess. I'm a hot mess. I'm a train wreck. It's just about understanding that your mind lets it in. So I think what stood me in very good stead is telling myself things that were probably seen as lies, starting off as an insecure kid who was asked to leave college and then saying, I'm smart, I matter, I am lovable, I'm, I'm worthy of a loving relationship, I'm worthy of someone adoring me, I'm worthy of earning a lot of money. That was a lie. But, you know, when I said it, it became true. I have an amazing marriage. I wouldn't have even, my life now, I couldn't have imagined that life when I was 17 or even 28. I couldn't have imagined having two homes and the life we have, the love we have, the impact we make on people. And that's all because I began to tell myself a better lie than the first lie, which is, I don't matter. I'm a geek. I'm stupid can't even have a baby. That was the first lie, but I told myself a better lie. And it's an amazing thing. That's awesome. Tell yourself a better lie. Where can our listeners go to find more about you and everything that you do, Marissa? Well, if you go to marissapeer.com, we've got tons of free audios. We don't ask for your credit card. We have audios on wealth wiring, love wiring, health wiring, money blocks, love blocks, they're all free. If you would like to train in RTT and do what I do and there's no background in therapy required, go to rtt.com. So rtt.com if you want to find a therapist or become me in a way, but a a version of me doing what I do because it is, I think, the best job in the world. So you can find me at marissapeer.com, rtt.com, and I'm enough.com. And you can find my books on Amazon. You can find lots of my talks on YouTube and Instagram. And I'm so glad I was called Marissa Peer because um, there's only one of me, which is good. I used to hate my name, but I love that now too, because it's, I'm so glad my parents didn't call me Jane Smith. So Marissa Peer, you can find me anywhere. And I have to say, you know, just studying for this interview was so enjoyable because I just love hearing you talk. I love the things that you say. It's super positive. I I just feel like it's so healthy for people to talk about these things and it's not talked about enough. So thank you so much for your time and for going over. We'll put this out as a two-part episode and I think my audience is going to love it. Thank you so much, Marissa. Thank you so much too. I've loved it. You know, when you do it, you love. You feel like you've never worked a day in your entire life. And I do work hard, but I also feel like I never work hard because I'm so lucky. I do what I love and I love what I do. And I can tell by your voice that you do too. Thanks for listening to part two of my series with Marissa Peer on Young and Profiting Podcast. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. I'm so happy that Marissa joined me to talk about confidence and the outlook we need to reframe our problems. Marissa taught us how to expand when we take a compliment versus contract. I know so many of us out there struggle taking compliments, but remember when somebody is giving us a compliment or words of encouragement, we should accept that praise. Accepting praise expands our minds. Marissa also touched on the difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogant people brag and compare themselves to others. 
first, confident people know that they have something to offer to the world. It's all about recognizing your own hard work and what you're truly good at. Confidence is quiet self-assurance. When Marissa's previous partner was diagnosed with cancer, they visited a doctor who said he was the best cancer specialist in Europe. Instead of saying he would try, he said he would do. He's not practicing arrogance. He was providing reassurance because he always tried his best. He always gets good results and does a good job. To provide that reassurance and appear more confident to others, don't be shy to own what you're good at. Tell other people that you are the best of the best when it comes to what you do. I also loved how Marissa taught us about the strategy to reframe all of our problems using the three P's. I think this is super effective. So when you're hurt, upset, or angry, remember these three P's. Think about if the problem you're having is permanent, personal, or pervasive. If something isn't permanent, personal, or pervasive, it can't hurt you. Sometimes when a minor inconvenience comes along, we think it's the end-all be-all. But going through these three P's, again, that's permanent, personal, or pervasive, that can help you weigh the gravity of your situation. And then you realize that this problem is really not even a problem. It's not permanent, it's not personal, and it's not pervasive. It's not going to last forever. And you realize that your problems can also be somebody else's fantasy. It'll make you feel more gratitude and you'll get over it more quickly. Marissa also started the radical I am enough movement. We judge ourselves as not enough in so many ways. We think that we're not enough. We think we need more of something. The not enoughness is an epidemic that people are going through. It is a game changer to start believing that you are enough. This is a statement I encourage all of you guys to let in and say every single day. By just saying those three words, I am enough, we can change our brain's thought patterns and come to a place of self-love. If you like this episode and you want to learn more about building self-confidence, go check out episode 56, Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. When we're babies and children, we're born just stepping into fear and seeing it as excitement and evolution. Like a a baby doesn't lay there and say, well, I've never crawled before. I don't know if I should give this a shot. And then once they're crawling, they don't say, well, I don't know if I should try to stand up. They just do. They Mm -hmm. step into the fear. And when you look back on your life before people put limitations on you and you accepted them, before people told you you shouldn't try this, before people told you to go get in one lane, we innately knew continually to step into the fear, step into the unknown, and that's how our life would accelerate. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting you know, based upon who you surround yourself with, if you follow your passions or don't, you know, what story you tell yourself, you could be the one that's holding you back or you could be surrounding yourself with people holding you back or you you could be in a situation where, you know, you're not tapping into your real talents. But what I've learned is that in the past two years, I've grown more as a person, as a professional than I ever had in the last 14 years at that company. And That's really sad for me to understand that now because I can imagine how much further I would actually Mm. be in life if I had been leaning into the fear, if I had been going to the next level every time that I got up to bat, you know, but I hadn't been. I had been doing the opposite. I was holding myself back so I could continue to fit into an environment that I had really outgrown. Yeah. So it ends up being a real gift to say, listen, if you're not scared today, 
you're not pushing the envelope, you're not growing. We were not built or born to just sit somewhere and be stagnant or even really to shrink. So why not step into that fear? Why not ask that person on the date? Why not write that book? Why not launch that show? Again, if you like this episode and you want to learn more about building confidence, go check out episode 56, Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. Now, as always, I want to shout out a recent Apple podcast reviewer. And this week's shout out goes to Jaden Teal. Jaden says, love this podcast. Hala is an amazing interviewer. She always finds the best experts to discuss a range of topics from social media to mental wellness to finance tips. I really enjoy every episode because Hala breaks the topic down and makes it digestible for everyone to truly listen, learn, and profit. A must-listen podcast for anyone looking to improve themselves. Oh, thank you so much, Jaden, for your amazing review. I am so glad that you like our range of topics. I personally love to learn a new topic each and every week. It makes my job so satisfying. I get to continue learning and it is so rewarding. And it's especially rewarding to hear your guys' feedback. I love to read your reviews. So if you're out there tuning in, if you find value in this podcast week over week, take a few moments to subscribe to this podcast, drop us a five-star review, and then share Young and Profiting Podcast with your friends and family on social media. You guys can find me on LinkedIn. Just search for my name. It's Hala Taha or Instagram at Yap with Hala. Big thanks to the Yap team as always. This is Hala signing off.